date is Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. And we do have a speaker today. And her name is Serena J. And uh, she was brought to OA, um, or, or OA was brought into her life in September 2017. She lives outside Philly. And uh, Serena, how would you like your time? Um, could you just give me like five minutes when five minutes until the time is over? Beautiful. Thank you. Okay. Thank Thanks. you. Audrey is our timer. Okay, Serena, the floor is yours. Thank you so much, Paul. I want to thank Lee. I know she's not here today. I want to thank Rita and just the whole newcomer committee, these amazing people that try and welcome all of you on a more personal basis that are new. I wanna thank all the fellows that are here. And I just wanna take a few minutes to take a deep breath. I like to ground myself and whoever wants to join me, I like to do a, a big breath in through my nose and out through my mouth. So please join me. And I wanna express my gratitude to God for bringing me to this day and um, to helping to continue me on my journey. Um, I wanna also say a little small prayer that I do on a daily basis. And it goes like this, God, please help me this day to run with patience the race that is set before me. May neither opposition without nor discouragement within divert me from my progress in recovery. Inspire me in strength, willingness and acceptance. And may I meet all fears and difficulties with courage. And may I complete the tasks set before me today. Thank you. Hmm. Okay. Um, I also wanna begin with uh, just a, a few other thank yous. I am so grateful that some people that uh, God has helped me intersect with in my life have come here to support me. I have um, some, uh, uh, some bookend people that I can always explain later after the meeting what that means. I have my sponsor that I've known for about nine months now, although I feel like I've known her forever. Um, I also have some other people that have just, I've crossed paths with. So just thank you truly sincerely for showing, showing up today. Um, yeah, and I'll just always be grateful that God has helped us to intersect in our paths. So let me begin by saying I am Serena and I am a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater and night binger. And by the grace of God, I have now found an ever-growing spiritual connection with a very personal dimension of God. I can say I am in a right mind, having given away old thoughts and ideas that don't serve me anymore. And I'm also in a right body size. By the grace of God, I've given away about 120 pounds. The first memory that I have of having a different relationship with food was probably when I was about seven. That's what I can remember. There's probably something even earlier, but I'll never forget. I had a friend and her mom always had this beautiful glass bowl on her table filled with M&Ms. And I really enjoyed our friendship, but 
I have to say, even back then, I got a little excited about that invitation because I knew that I was going to have some M&Ms when I went over there. Um, I do remember as far as a seven, as much as a seven-year-old could do strategizing and just scheming of how I can get a little more, a few extra handfuls of the M&Ms without people noticing. Um, so jumping to middle school and high school, I, I really wasn't grossly overweight, although I thought I was. I wasn't slim and trim either, but I was probably just a normal body size. I do remember a family member telling me, Serena, remember, boys won't want to marry chubby girls. I also remember my bus rides home from school, already thinking what I could have for a snack. It was a very, a very big transition in our house going from school to the rest of the day. And I do remember walking around many nights, somehow ending up in the kitchen looking for food. To now jumping to college, I do remember frequenting the college cafeteria. Why the college cafeteria? I don't know if anyone else has experience with this, but the cafeteria was always open very late and it had a large wide um, uh, array of all my alcoholic foods. Although back then I didn't know they were alcoholic foods. They were just things that I craved and wanted. Um, the really funny thing with the way our plan was is that you would pay in advance so you could keep going back. It was almost like fake monopoly money. Although of course I took my money situation very seriously, but in that moment, I didn't have to pay. I, or I, I didn't have to pay directly. Um, I remember lingering afterwards after some of my friends had already left just so I can go back and get a few more portions. And my weight at that point started to slowly show, but I was also very active in college. So it really didn't, I was able to keep it in check for the most part. Um, I met the love of my life and I managed to lose enough weight to squeeze into a nice wedding dress. And then we had our two delicious daughters and I never lost that 45-ish pounds from my first pregnancy. And then when I had my second daughter about five, well, five years, six months later, I had never lost that 45 pounds. And then I'm 34 years old having my, my second child and I gained even more. So now I'm 52 and those 20 years that I just mentioned, they were fraught with weight gain, with weight loss, diets of every imaginal kind. And that was just the physical part. I remember always feeling bad about myself, never being fully present with my family, my friends, my employers, my colleagues, but I always put on that happy face because that's what I was taught to do. I do have some early childhood memories of waking up going to the bathroom and seeing my father in the kitchen. And I remember thinking, hmm, I wonder what he's doing. I also have a beloved aunt that passed away. And although on her death certificate, it probably says from heart failure, she had diabetes. And I was speaking to one of my earlier sponsors and we both agree that really what should have been written on her death certificate was morbid obesity. So it was definitely in my family. Um, but I was always taught to put on a happy face. So I can remember getting up in the middle of the night 
and going downstairs only to raid the fridge and pantry with everything imaginable. This is as an adult now. I, I have my children and we're living in our house that has two flight that has a you know two-story house. I ate my daughter's food. I ate my husband's food all the time. I basically stole it. The look on their face when they were looking for something in the morning that they knew was there just the night before was devastating. I often had many alcoholic foods in one fell swoop. I was like a vacuum. It was like I inhaled them. I remember so distinctly finishing off my daughter's gallon of ice cream hundreds of times. And the next day, part of my scheming, because you know, as an addict, we're very scheming, I replaced it. But if she only had a half of the gallon, I would need to eat as much as she left. So she supposedly wouldn't notice I had any, but that never worked out. They always knew. I remember one time I was driving home and I went to the market to buy some tomatoes for my husband because I knew he needed them for a sandwich the next day. We had mentioned, he had mentioned we were out of tomatoes, but driving to that market, I was already scheming and planning what kind of sugary snacks that I would be buying for myself. I really didn't go to get him tomatoes. I ate every single one of those alcoholic foods that I bought in the car. I have one memory of, um, often I did this, but that night as well, that I purchased one of those 12 count uh, donuts, Entenmann's donuts, I think, the large ones, not even the little ones. And I would take them out of the, of the box, put them in a plastic bag while I was still, I did that at the garbage that was right outside of the supermarket because in case I didn't finish, I couldn't bring the box into my house. So I had this plastic bag that I could always smush up in my purse if I needed to, because I couldn't let that box be seen in my house. Um, I just felt like a Jekyll and Hyde my whole life, my whole, all, especially these 20 years. I ate like a perfect healthy eater by day. And at night it was that Jekyll and Hyde. I felt like a monster came out. And aside from the fact that I was 120 pounds over what my right body weight was, I always thought that you really couldn't tell that anything was wrong with me. Um, so um, just, you know, no one knew during the day how I ate and um, nobody knew that I was stuffing my insecurity, my sadness, the hole that I felt was in myself my anxiety, my depression, and then the later part of my disease, even my happiness, no one had any idea that I was stuffing that all down. So all these years, I guess I, the only way I can think of it is that the, the food was really my best friend. It really is. I've heard other people speak about this, but when I think about adjectives to describe the food, it was loyal, <laughs> it comforted me, and it was always available. And you know, at first, like I mentioned before, I just really turned to it when I was upset or sad, but then I started going to it to celebrate and to, you know, to congratulate myself. Um, it could really be any situation or emotion that would bring me to the food. My last desperate attempt that I thought was my last was under doctor supervision. So I figured doctor supervision, this is safe. I can be, I can, I can feel safe and I can trust. So it was one of these diets. It wasn't something that you could buy in the store, but it was called Optifast. And you had to do it you know, through this doctor's office. 
It was shakes, bars, and soups. And you met with the nutritionist once a week. So, I mean, this was heaven. I had a doctor's supervision taking my blood, taking my accounts. I had a nutritionist to make sure, you know, I understood what was going on and how to eat properly. And I started losing the weight. And I lost a lot of weight very, very fast. But I gained it all back in a number of months. I had learned that the program was really intended for people wanting gastric bypass surgery, which I had never pursued, never got to that point, although I probably was close to it. But this was really for these people needing to lose. They had, they, we, were, we were all very morbidly obese. The people that wanted the surgery had to lose enough weight to go down to a very overweight status so they could be quote, healthy enough for the surgery. So that's who I ended up being with in this program. And I learned why it was, you know, it needed to be lost. Mm. The weight needed to be lost so quickly. Then September 29th, 2017, and I don't really um, take stock of dates or weighing myself, but that particular date I was able to go back to and understand because of um, a holiday that it was near. So I always will remember that date. And I met who I call my pre-Ebby. Um, for those of you that don't know, Ebby was really the man that Bill called his first sponsor. He was the one that, uh, you know, he, he had called him. And um, I call this person my pre-Ebby, my angel, because under certain, certain circumstances that I really believe were orchestrated by God, we started talking one night when she had to stay over my house overnight because of needing to be walking distance to something. She was of right body weight and she seemed very calm and serene. And somehow, I, re I really don't know still to this day how it's, the conversation started, but she started, we started speaking about food. And ironically, this was the night before a holiday where we fast. And she asked if I ever thought about the fact that I might be a compulsive overeater. And I remember saying to her, oh, what, a what? And she said that, well, I have a list here. I keep it in my purse wherever I go. And there's 15 questions here. And if you, you know, if you, if you're, if you, if you're moved to do this, try and answer them. And you just have to see how many you answer yes or no to, and it might give you an inkling whether or not you are. So uh, I answered yes to every single one of those questions. And she told me about a local meeting that was five minutes from my house. This is about five years ago, so pre-COVID. I remember going to that meeting and I cried the entire time. I'm not exaggerating. It wasn't like, oh, I cried a lot, but I'm just gonna say I, cr I cried the entire time. I couldn't stop sobbing. And afterwards, I will never forget these arms that came up to me and they reached around me. There were these four women that came up and offered tissues. And I cried for weeks and weeks in that meeting. And the next four years, they were fraught with relapse after relapse after relapse. Three days here, one month here, two weeks here. I did get through the steps at one point, but then I relapsed February 28th, 2020. That's the only other date that I will always have etched in my mind because that was the night that my beloved mom died. I was concerned, people were concerned about you know, me and they wanted to know what happened and, and like, what happened? Why did I relapse? And so I remember saying almost indignant and indignantly, excuse me, that the reason I relapsed that night is because my mom died this morning, but I didn't really relapse because of that. 
I relapse because I am a compulsive overeater and I have an allergy of the mind and the body. And I backed into relapse by stopping doing 12, 11, and 10. I wasn't gonna have time to sponsor with my mom needing so much care. And then how could I send my 11th to my sponsor and do 10ths? I wouldn't have time for that. I lost my spiritual connection and I didn't work my program every day. And as you may have heard for me, the food was the last to go. Can I just ask how much, how many more minutes do I have? Am I close to the five minutes or? You have 11 minutes left. 11 minutes. Okay. Before Thank the five. You. Before the, oh, 11 before the five. Thank you so much. And Serena, um, I have your pictures as well. If you need oh, to thank you them. very much. Right. Thank you, Rita. I'm, yeah, I'll put those up shortly. Um, the next few months, I would say after that with my beloved mom, I had my worst relapse ever. In one of my more desperate moments, I actually locked the fridge at night. I had discussed this thoroughly with my sponsor and I couldn't believe I was having this conversation, but we figured out in a very careful way how I was going to get my, my bicycle lock from the garage and I was going to lock the refrigerator after I moved every single one of my alcoholic foods from the pantry, from the fridge and from the freezer. And then I gave the key to my family. I explained, if you need anything, you can go into this anytime. I'm just gonna do this for 24 hours to try and break the cycle. So I did and um, I didn't eat that night. But two nights later, I relapsed hard and fast. I want to share with all of you, even that humiliation of orchestrating the bicycle lock on my fridge and freezer that had all my alcoholic foods on it didn't stop me because I have a disease of the body and the mind. So then um, in April, uh, which is now at this point about nine months ago, I met my current sponsor who is here with me today. Lorelei from Chicago. And I really believe that this angel was the conduit for God to reach me. May 1st, that would be the third date I will always remember, was my last binge. It was horrible and painful, and I reached such a level of desperation, I was willing to do anything. I remember sitting on my rocking chair in my room after my, my last binge, and not in a suicidal way, but I was praying for God to pop me. I was so full. I did not know how I was going to make it through the night. I couldn't, I felt, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I just wanted to be popped. Um, and, and I was just ready to do anything. So, but now I can really say to all of you, I am truly grateful for every single binge and for where it brought me to today. Rita, if you wouldn't mind showing the pictures now, I'm gonna show a few of them. And then I have a little bit I wanna finish up with. So these are some pictures that um, I got together. I've really never done this before with the pictures, but from a very wise woman that I heard who has shown her pictures at meetings, she says that what she's hoping is that everyone that's looking will lean in a little more and just get their attention a little more of what I used to look like physically. But as I explained to you, physical was only half of it. If you can remember all of the pain and how I was taught to smile through everything and that's what's there. Um, 
just a few quick things to like to just draw to your attention in that burgundy sparkle shirt with my husband, my amazing husband that's on the very top left. Um, that was back in June 2015. So that's already before I had even come to OA. Um, right down below it was at the um, engagement party of my best friend's daughter. And you can see I was wearing all black, hoping that it would help me blend in and people wouldn't see me overweight as much. Um, the uh, beach picture, which is, let's see, um, there's a beach picture where you'll see my husband. It's the second row from the bottom with that bright purple shirt. And, you know, I'm looking even now at all these pictures now, and, and I remember wearing that shirt and that little swim skirt. And when I looked at myself, I didn't see that. I'm looking at it now and I'm just, I was, I was really overweight. I was very, I was morbidly obese. Um, the picture that's to the left of it is with two of my dear friends. And that was 2017. That was shortly before I met my sponsor. And that was my highest weight of 255. And I just, you could see it in my face. I mean, I was, I just, I just felt so blah. I just was so heavy of my, I mean, body, yes, but my mind. And again, I was just smiling through it all. Um, then you'll, you'll see a wedding picture. Let's see where it is. It's the one that's next to my highest weight on the left-hand side. You'll see I have like an orange scarf on and a black dress. And I had started to lose some weight then. I lost about 68 pounds from my high. And then there's another picture where I had, um, oh, with my daughter, that's my youngest daughter. We both have these uh, white matching Tommy Hilfiger. I don't even barely know what Tommy Hilfiger is, but she found it and she wanted us to have matching shirts. Um, I had lost another 10 pounds there. Then the few other pictures I wanna draw to your attention was a vacation that my husband and I took in July of 2021. It was a dream vacation. I never, I, it may never happen again, but you can see um, in the second row, the middle picture, we're standing at the beach. And then to the right, we were going on a hike um, and it was to the top of a mountain. It was very cold. So I had layered up there. I was, my husband said kind of, you know, give me a cute pose. So I was looking at the ocean and I looked forwards. So that's to the right. Then what I really want to point out is the, the top picture, which I'm so grateful that I don't know if Lee purposely did this and Rita, but they, they made it larger than the rest. And this is a wonderful picture to finish up with because that was on vacation. And you'll see that I am holding a soft packet of tuna fish. We were going to a place, first of all, which didn't have a lot of kosher food. I keep kosher, but I was also worried about protein. And, you know, I, this was when I was fully, fully recovered and I needed to make sure I had my food. So I had my suitcase filled with at least, I'd say seven bags of almonds, about 10 to 12 pouches of this tuna and several other things. And what you can't see in the picture, it got a little bit cut off, but there's a travel scale that I bring everywhere that's outside of my home. And I weigh and measure every single bit of my food every single day, no matter where I am. And to me, this represents really going to any length that's what it means to me. So thank you for showing those pictures. Am I just at the five? Am I just about finished or do I have another two or three minutes? You have another four minutes. I have another four minutes. Thank you so much for taking such great time. <laughs> this is wonderful. Um, so I showed those pictures to you 
at this point, after hearing most of my story, because I want to say that at the intersection, and it is, it's the intersection of willingness and of grace, I have been abstinent now for a little over nine months, and I have slowly moved toward recovery the entire time. God has given me the gift of neutrality around food and has put me in my right body size, but more importantly, my right state of mind. I can now go to any occasion in my life. It was by, it was only, only by addressing the twofold nature of the disease, which is the physical and the spiritual, that I was finally able to put the food down and make space for God and welcome him in. And with God's help and love, I try to live in a state of gratitude as much as I can every day. On uh, the end of August, I completed all the steps and began my journey as a recovered compulsive overeater. For today, I have learned how to bring recovery into my life and not, sorry, I have, I have learned how to bring life into my recovery, not recovery into my life. And I'm happy to explain that afterwards. God has truly, truly done for me what I could have never done for myself. My husband and I just celebrated our 26th wedding anniversary. We have two beautiful children and my life, this is going to sound so corny, but my life has really been rocked into the fourth dimension and I am living a happy, serene, joyous, and I am free of the bonds of compulsive overeating. I am able to be present with my friends, my family, my fellows, and all those important in my life. I just got a job after not working for four, almost five years in my profession. And I feel like the lenses on my glasses have gone from cloudy to clear. The world looks brighter, even on these cloudy days we've had here in Philly. The program is simple, but it does require lots of work and action. I still have days where I get frustrated, sad, and discontented. These times are much less in quantity. And when I do, I have these beautiful tools like the 10th step to process my emotions very quickly and give the situation over to God. I stand here before all of you and tell you if these miracles can happen for me, they can happen for you. Thank you so much for listening and giving me this opportunity to give service. Oh, thank you so much, Serena. That was so beautiful. Um, so I, I, um, I like this uh, passage. At this moment, I think this fits for me. Uh, but we saw that it really worked in others. And we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence, of which we had never dreamed. And that's from page 25 in the big book of AA, uh, chapter two, there is a solution. So thank you, Serena. Thank you so, so much.